In this episode, I talked to an experienced recruiter who right now is a learning and program development manager for a large tech company. He has a lot of experience in recruiting. I asked him about finding a job and he, we back up and we talk about self-awareness first. We talk a lot about mindset. Yes, we talk about things like LinkedIn and networking, but really a lot of that inner game stuff. We go deep later on in the podcast about things like recruiter bias or ageism or racism and how tech is for young white males and just sort of conformity and culture. So we get deep into that stuff too. Check out this episode number 17 with Joshua and Karnashi. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is John Salangsang. I'm the host of the Work Talk podcast where you get to enjoy, learn, and be inspired by the stories of the people in the Bay Area, what they do for work, what they know, who they are. I'm really excited to have this person on, uh, Josh. He's an experienced recruiter, but I think in the end, he's really about developing people. And we're going to piggyback off what Laura and I talked about in last podcast regarding job searching. And Laura and I talked about networking and she said that's the number one way to find a job and i want to jump in here and talk about job searching with uh josh but real quick josh if you could tell your your bio real quick like not your your story not like the origin story of the how josh came to be and how the spider bit him and he became a superhero but just like what your job is right now and maybe a little bit of, of your background in recruiting and then we'll jump right into the whole job search tips got it so at the moment i'm working at uber I serve as a um, learning and development program manager, primarily working with software engineers. Um, before this, I did I helped build a startup that um, was specifically focused on software engineering, software engineers in the job search. So a lot of resume prep, a lot of interview prep, negotiation, a lot of um, different skill building trainings, and so on and so forth. And that's what got me noticed by Uber. Before that, I helped the company grow from 60 to 200 employees as a technical recruiter there. So did a lot of recruiting there. Company was named Ernest Inc. Um, they're a fin- fintech company building the bank of the future. Um, and then before yeah, and that- Fintech, cool. for those that don't know, fintech is like finance and technology. Finance. Right. I got it, right? <laughs> and then before that, I got my introduction to the tech industry at Google where I did um, a lot of recruiting there as well for software engineers, data scientists, product managers. But I also got an introduction and crash course to training programs and facilitating and, and building learning experiences um, the Google way. Yeah. So I've kind of yeah. blended those two things throughout yeah. my entire career. Is it true Google's the number one place to work at? I have some, I have some people that believe that. Some- <laughs> I think in the end it's different for everybody, but they do got some dope stuff. It's different for everybody. A lot of dope stuff. There's definitely a slide. There are definitely nap pots. There's definitely a sushi place on site where you can actually go get sushi. <laughs> is it like is it like the movie The Intern? It's one hundred percent like. That. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go watch that movie. All right. So Josh, I'm gonna jump right into uh, job searching. Laura and I yesterday, I asked her what's the number one way to find a job search. She said it's networking. Agree. I believe the number one way to find a job search is first to understand what value you add. Mm. Because even while networking, if you can't answer that question, and that can be in a multitude of ways, right? People will ask you, you know, and they'll ask you, what do you want to do? They'll ask you who you are. They'll ask you what skills do you bring? If you don't understand what value you add, you can't even network. Because right, you'll just right. end up meeting a lot of people. And you don't even know what you're going to say. Yeah. I feel like... Sorry. Like you kind of meant, it's kind of like self-awareness. That's what you're hitting on is back up first. Let me think about myself. 
And I think when someone knows what they want, when they're confident about it, and even if they don't have skills in it, but if they're interested in it, it's just easier to talk about it when they're networking. 100%. Yeah. And people want to open doors for people, right? I mean, I, I've, I've done training sessions where I've asked a hundred people with a, rooms with 100 people in it. Who here likes to help someone more junior than them? And everyone raised their hand. And then I asked the same question in reverse. Who here as a junior would like to ask a senior person for help? And the hands start like going, like people are nervous because right, we're afraid right. to help because we think other people don't want to help. But it's, it's not true. If you know yeah, what you want and you have a goal and you ask people, they'll feel good for being able to connect you with an opportunity. Not think, even because they like you, do you because think, they feel yeah. Do you think they're shy? I asked the same question to students who are freshmen. Who wants to meet this person at this level? And it's sometimes it's not that they don't think it's a good opportunity or they're not willing to help. They just don't have the self-aware. They're like, I don't even know if that's the thing I want to get into yet. How do you help someone then get that self-awareness? Do you do a lot of coaching on that part when you used to work with engineers? Yeah, and especially around the job search, right? That's mm. the number one question to ask. I mean, how do you coach someone to understand themselves and what value they add, right? It really is all about self-introspection, mm. constantly journaling mm -hmm. and figuring out what excites you and then figuring out what problems in the world you can solve with that excitement, right? So like you and I, we're both excited about education. Yeah, There's right, a million right. ways to, to help people with education. But that's true for almost anything that you're excited by. A lot of people will sell themselves short and say, oh, well, I'm really interested in music. Okay, there's a million music companies that need employees, right? You don't have to be Drake. You don't have to be Rihanna mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. in <laughs> Actually, one of my roommates, he's a recruiter for Pandora. He, he actually wants to rap and become a rapper. But right now, he's around people that actually have signed contracts for huge rap uh, artists. Yeah, at yeah. Pandora, you know he's he's let his passion drive him. He's let his understanding of what he wants to do drive him. I think a lot of us are afraid um, of the fact that we might be rejected if we pursue our dream or pursue our passion or pursue our interests or our excitements or whatever skills we find valuable. Yeah, so um, and that's what stops us. Yeah, so a big part of self introspection is maybe even looking at our hobbies, what things we're into, whether it's music or whether it's playing Fortnite all day. Whatever it is we're into, we might be, be able to make a career out of it. It's being honest with yourself. Right? I think we kind of deep down know what we want to do. It's just how much faith do we want to have or how much faith do we want to practice that we can do it for a salaried job or for you know, uh, a, an hour, you know, a contract yeah, or whatever yeah. it may be. No, that's a lot deep. of people easily discouraged. Yeah, that's deep. I think, yeah, for sure. I think you hit it on a nail. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we talk about job searching, self-awareness. It almost seems like if you're self-aware enough, a lot of the job search tactics and techniques, you may not even need to know it because you got so much good inner game that it flows out naturally. That inner game allows these job search tactics and techniques not to feel like you're faking it, right? Oh, networking, wow. a lot of people that's have true. this negative connotation with networking. They're like, oh, that's sleazy. Like, you're just using people. And you're using people if you don't know why you're networking. Once you understand why you're networking, you're like, oh, this makes sense. These people can help me. I can help them. Right. So you, you remove all these job search stigmas that you have in your head. Like, oh, if I reach out to people on LinkedIn, they're going to figure out that I don't have any experience and I'm a fraud. If you know yourself, you can confidently say, hey, I don't have any experience. I'm not a fraud. I'd work really hard if you give me the opportunity. Where should I go? People are naturally going to be like, oh, that's, that makes a lot of sense. 
you're interested in music, how about you check out Pandora? They have internships. Yeah, you're on the nail. Like, you want to be genuine? Then actually be genuinely interested in this thing. And when you go out there and network, yeah, it doesn't seem so fake at all. Yeah, people will feel that as well. I mean, we don't want to get into, like, you know, any trippy psychedelics, but, like, <laughs> people know when somebody's confident in what they do and they know when somebody is not spending the time really understanding their craft or what their passion is. Okay, cool, cool. All right, let me go into it and say, because I feel like the self-awareness is so important, but that could be a topic of another conversation as I'm getting people who have asked me questions to ask you about LinkedIn and some tactics. So I guess these are people who are already self-aware. They just want to know about some, some strategies. But I think in the end, like if they're self-aware, that's no, number one for sure. But with LinkedIn, they ask things like, should I get the premium account? Especially as LinkedIn is uh, limiting the amount of searches you could do. Like eventually you can only see a few people and then they ask you, hey, you want to update your profile? Um, so I highly discourage everyone um, who's interested in buying the premium account because you don't need it. What you need is to know what person you want to connect with. Then search for them directly. Right? You don't need a million searches if you know exactly who you want to connect with. So I got my job at Google um, through Twitter. I didn't even use LinkedIn. I started looking up Google recruiters on Twitter. Like I just searched Google recruiters in the search bar. And a million Google recruiters popped up, whether or not <laughs> by tweeting or whether they put it in their profile, whatever it may be. Their, yeah. their summary. I think Twitter is so underestimated too. 100%. But I, I went on Twitter. I found a Google recruiter and they had just tweeted, if you're interested in jobs at Google, reach out to me. Then I took their name on Twitter, found them on LinkedIn, and then reached out to them on LinkedIn and said, hey, you said if I'm interested in a job, reach out. It was that simple. And I was sitting on my mom's couch in Massachusetts, in Springfield, Mass. No one's ever heard of Springfield, Mass. It's a 3,000 mile tweet, right? And people don't believe it exactly how you use um, the internet, right? And, and LinkedIn in specific, if you know that you wanna work in healthcare, search the top 10 healthcare companies on Google search. Find the name of those 10 companies. Go back on LinkedIn, Find those companies on LinkedIn. Then when you're in the company profile, search recruiter. You'll find two or three people that literally have their email address on their LinkedIn profile that are saying, reach out to me if you want a job. It's it's like yeah. hidden in plain sight, right? <clears throat> and a lot of us will say, oh, I don't have those connections. That's We got I, the I internet. Our attitude. No, it's, it's not even that you don't have those connections. You're not trying hard enough. Because we're, mm -hmm. we're, in a, we're in a world where the internet makes every global connection local. So I right now have friends in China that I've never met, but I know them on the internet. <clears throat> yeah. So if I ever want to go over there, it's now as simple as buying a flight. Right. right. No, you hit on the nail. When, by the way, <coughs> listeners, I met Josh when he did a presentation in my work at City College of San Francisco. And I like how your presentation was super tactical, but then you hit on like mindset stuff like, fears and roadblocks but how sometimes it's right under your nose like you go on someone's linkedin profile and in the summary it says email me here and it's like there you go and it's like you have to pay attention if you're trying to find a job you're trying to find people where's their attention at if they put it on linkedin and they're constantly active on it that means they're they're active there it's like if linkedin was a bar they're at the bar and they're trying to meet people so it's like go ahead and say hi yeah, so, and I mean, right, even at a bar, we sometimes 
um, sell ourselves short because we're like, oh, that person's sitting there. I wonder if they'd talk to me. They're sitting there. Like they're ready. <laughs> yeah. They're not at home watching TV. They're out. They got dressed up. They took a shower. Yeah, they're there. <laughs> I think a lot of times that self-consciousness is what stops us again, but that's a whole conversation for another day. Yeah. No, you hit, I like that about your presentation. You talked about the roadblocks, the fear roadblocks to, to networking. Yeah. And I think it, LinkedIn, it's the same thing, right? Like you have to remember why we're on LinkedIn. The only reason why any of us are on LinkedIn, right? It's not like we're out there to go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> the parties that they're at, nobody's like, we're on LinkedIn to meet people. Whether or not we're hiring or we're looking for a job, that's the number one reason to be on LinkedIn. Yeah. What else do you use or would you suggest for people to to network? You mentioned LinkedIn, Twitter, straight Google search, see if there are information on their website. Anything else you use like meetup.com or Eventbrite? No, I think the best tool for networking is obviously a direct, genuine connection. So it's finding email addresses. Um, I used to use a lot of um, different email like search clients. So hunter.io, hunter, H-U-N-T-E-R.io, um, would actually scan people's LinkedIn profiles for information they have on the internet to find their email address. You you want to use these platforms as just that, a platform to start the connection. But you want to meet people directly. That's email or meeting them in person. Not for coffee or tea, because again, everyone's already drinking coffee and tea all damn day. So, Laura from the past podcast, she said she's down for coffee or boba. She's down for coffee or boba. <laughs> Laura's probably gonna have like seven coffee or boba dates tomorrow. So. <laughs> what caffeine? Whatever caffeine high she has at the end of the day. But no, like I mean, I think about us, right? You invited me to your podcast. This is us genuinely having a conversation. Um, I much rather that than you say. Hey, a month from now, can we go get pizza? How about you just ask me the questions you have? Yeah, that's that's the reduced amount of. That's why I like to do the the Google Hangout. I'm like, no, I want to reduce the amount of friction as possible. I my hair's all messed up. I don't clean my room. Like, I don't want to clean it up. I don't want to change my shirt. Like, just make it just happen. Talk. Yeah, and let's just talk. All people, right? Yeah. So, so you, how about like things like job fairs and all that stuff? Yeah, I highly recommend going to job fairs. Um, again, you get that face-to-face -face connection, and you get the opportunity to to break the ice a lot more quickly. Right? Um, job fairs are tricky simply because you're gonna have to learn how to tailor your resume and tailor your conversation to be attractive in a room full of people that are also job searching. Right? Like if you have someone, a recruiter at a table or a recruiter at a fair, right? They have to split their attention amongst as many people as possible. And yeah. your job as a job seeker is to get that person's singular, undivided attention. Yeah, their attention now at a job fair is reduced because they have so much people, maybe they're tired compared to when you just when you just message them out of the blue when they, maybe they're not busy and then they can respond and actually talk to you and give you more attention. And again, being at a job fair still requires a very healthy dose of self-awareness and confidence. You have to go to a job fair, you have to tell people that you're interested in talking to at the job fair that you can help their company. You should have done the research before to understand how. So when I went to a job fair, actually the, the only job fair that I benefited from was from when I was in college and I went for an internship. Um, I researched the internship I wanted before I got to the job fair. I researched the name of the recruiter, her profile, her background, 
I researched the CEO. I researched everything I needed to know so that when I have a conversation with this recruiter, they understand that I'm ready to work tomorrow. So then I met the recruiter and she was um, she was asking me questions about what I'm interested in, what I'm studying. And I told her immediately, hey, I want this global HR internship. What is it that I have to prove to you to show you I'm a viable candidate? And she's like, well, what, what do you know about the role? Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, what do you, you did your homework. You showed boom, what you could bring to the table. Mm. Yeah, and, and the whole reason why you want to do that is because you're trying to make a recruiter's life easier. Right? Recruiters aren't out here to demonize applicants. They don't they don't necessarily care about our lives as much as we think they do. Yeah. And you know what? But Some they, people actually do think that. They're like, oh, I hate recruiters. I'm like, they're just they got a job. <laughs> like a job. <laughs> they have to hit their target, right? That yeah. recruiter at fair needed to hire three interns. I wanted to make sure I was one of those interns, not for myself, as much as for her to hit her goals. So how do I do that? So that way she knows that she can walk away and be like, okay, this was a successful job fair. Then in doing that, right, I get a job. Right? Yeah. And so it's crazy. I still keep in touch with that recruiter till this day. That's, um, that's good. That's dope. I know at the presentation, something you said that really kind of like, I was like, that's exactly it, is I'm not here to find a job. You're trying to find out how could I be a solution to this person, to this organization? How could I give to them that value add? And when someone and it's just switching their mindset to start thinking that way. Yeah, we keep thinking that companies are running around picking from a pool of people. No, companies do not have everything figured out. Like once you get in a company like Google or Uber that I've worked at, everything on the inside is still barely working. As big as these companies are, as great as their marketing is, as amazing as the people are, as as talented as they make themselves out to be which they are. They make tons of money, right? They help tons of people. Things are still needing to be worked on by us. And yeah. so our job is to think what company I want to work at, not because I like the stuff that they offer, but because I can see myself day in and day out helping them with what they need to get done in whatever capacity. A lot of people think, oh, Google, you have to be a software engineer. No, right? Like software engineering is a portion of the community. You can still help with recruiting. If you think you're a very like attractive person that you can go out and recruit people, you can help with um, accounting. If you want to make sure that the money is on, in on time, if you want to make sure that the projections look right. Yeah. You can all these other kind of roles. Yeah. All these other kind of roles. Yeah. You know, there's this uh, Steve Jobs quote that I usually tell my students is that when you realize that a lot of the, this world and society and the systems that were made were made by people who were, just as smart or actually maybe even dumber than you. Once you realize that, then things change. And it's like I tell people all the time, like you could come up with ideas and you can actually bring value to this company. You don't have to just work for this company and they tell you what to do and you do it. No, you actually come up with ideas and bring it to them. I want to segue into this and see get your thoughts. I'm a big believer in people taking self-initiative, self-learning, working on their own maybe personal brand or, or personal projects to both explore their careers but also to expand their brand in, in regards to attracting potential employers to find them. Like if you're on LinkedIn writing articles or if you're doing blogs or something like that, you could attract the attention of a recruiter to reach out to you. You feel that's true? Yes, that's 100% true. But I'll take it one step further. Mm. If you connect directly with these recruiters, then they'll never have to take the time to find you. See, like I, I connect with a new recruiter once a week. 
Once a week. I've done this for the last four years. Think about, let's do the math. Smart, first. yeah. That's over 200 recruiters, right? In my field, right? Looking for learning and development professionals all the time that are going to get promoted in their field. So they're going to look for junior learning and development professionals. 10 years from now, they're going to be looking for senior learning and development professionals. I knew them when they were looking for junior learning and development professionals. I will always have a job, right? So instead of thinking of how to push, push, push content, right? Push, push, push material because I want, I want people to look at me. I want people to look at me. Think again about who in specific should I know at a deeper level? Because it's a partnership, right? Like me and recruiter X and recruiter Y have to learn how to bounce off each other throughout our career. They need to hire more people like me. I need to get hired by more people like them. So right. instead of just using recruiters for a one-time deal, imagine growing knowing this recruiter, right? Mm. Imagine treated like an actual relationship, like yeah. an actual relationship, <laughs> right? It, like they're a fucking is. human being. Yeah. <laughs> but again, being a human being. Yeah, that's what Laura talked about yesterday about how when she got a job, she was, it was she just kind of made friends with them. Like that's all networking is. It's just making friends. Yes. And you got to think, right? These recruiters are bringing you in. They want to make sure that who they bring in is a good representation of them, mm. right? When I was hiring, I made a couple hiring mistakes. I passed people up that didn't really fit into the culture. And I didn't understand what that meant until I realized somebody asked, who hired this person? Then I was like, oh, shit, I did. Uh -huh. Now uh -huh. everyone's like, hmm, we'll let this slide, but like, you are bringing people into this family, right? So you want to become a family member, right? Like you can, you can take the arrogant route and say, I have a skill set that you need and hold it over someone's head. They'll, they'll probably take you because you have the skill set, but they'll definitely not make it an enjoyable experience for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you can say to yourself, I have a skill set that you need. I have a value that I can add to you. In addition to, I want to make this a pleasant experience for you, just like you want to make it a pleasant one for me. Because we have to see each other every motherfucking day. <laughs> yeah. Right? I have to work with you. <laughs> really for a long time. Right? And so a lot of people think that when you're interviewing, it's this duplicitous, like, performative, like, fake, like, let's shake hands. No. I'm trying to know whether or not. I'm going I'm to like you day to day, day in and day out, because it makes a big difference. Even if you could do the job, if I'm getting annoyed by you, it's, it's going to mess up the whole team harmony. Worse, worse than that, it costs me money if you're annoying. If you're annoying and people quit because of you, I'm fucked. Like, yeah, not hire someone that is annoying. Yeah, no, that's true. I want to ask this one other thing because a student asked me. She's like, if I, she's like, I'm not really. She was like, she said, I'm not that type of person who's white. That's what she told me. And she's like, but I mean, I'm going to this company. It seems like that's like what they want. And she's like, that's really, really not me. But she's like, I could really, really force myself to kind of be like that. It was kind of a touchy subject when I'm talking to her about it. Because it's like, yes, companies like to hire people who kind of fit in with the company. And she's like, how much should I stretch who I am to fit in with their personality type and versus just being myself? And I said, you kind of have to be in the middle, but you kind of make that judgment call for yourself. Uh, but also I said, there's a big difference between being like showing the, your best self, like, like being polite and nice versus, yeah, like saying you're into like 
this type of music, but when in, in the end you're not, but you're just saying it so you could uh, have some relationship with the recruiter. Again, this is where we have to think back to why we interview, right? If you're interviewing so you can find a place where you're comfortable, then that's a different type of interview. If you're interviewing because you have a contractual agreement that I will pay you for you to solve problems for me, then you realize my favorite type of music has nothing to do with do I solve problems that you will pay me for. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm interviewing, like I listen, I listen, like I'm all I'm on Twitter right now, deep into this Drake and Pusha T beef. Like none of my coworkers understand that. <laughs> they don't care, right? In the same way that some of my coworkers are talking about going to some country concert. Right. I don't right. want a country concert. I don't care, right? And like it's just different upbringings, different backgrounds, different understandings. But in the same vein, we both can do the job that we've been tasked with doing. So I'm not going in there saying, I'm not going to work with X, Y, Z because they don't like Drake. Mm -hmm. That would be stupid of me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going in there saying, what is it that X, Y, Z needs to push the needle on this project, on this program? What do they, what is it that they're looking for to help make work easier? Yeah. Right? But do you think some recruiters do are kind of biased where that personality, where they drive at that person more, they will have that bias to want to hire that person for the job there's 100 bias in the interview process 100 mm. right but i think where the bias comes from and where the bias is un easily understood is on the, s the search right it's easy to look for people where you know to go right mm. so obviously if you're white you're going to go to white predominantly white institutions to recruit why yeah. because you've experienced that your whole life you know to go there I, for one, know that I can recruit kids from the from the hood, from projects, from public schools, because I grew up in the hood in projects and went to public schools. Mm -hmm, so for mm -hmm. me to say they're not talented would be stupid. It'd be like, it'd be idiotic. It'd be hypocritical, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I know to go there. And I think that's another value add that I bring to companies, especially mm -hmm, when I was a recruiter. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, I can solve this problem for you. The problem, like, you know, diversity hiring. It's simple. I know to go to these schools versus just those schools. I know to go to um, get outside of Berkeley, Harvard, MIT, and Stanford. I know other schools exist, right? Those aren't the pinnacle in my mind of what excellence looks like. Right. So yeah, but you get that. But of course, not all recruiters. You're a great recruiter, but not all recruiters get that. What I eventually told that student is, interviewing, job searching, it's not just them trying to see if you fit in, but you're also trying to see if they fit in with you and your values and what and what you're all about. 100 percent yeah. but i think pushing it further is never letting stuck at the fact that like because what we're talking about here is conformity right yeah a lot yeah. of people grow up with conforming do i have to conform do i have to act a certain way to pass the interview it's it's like another i don't know if it was steve jobs i forget who says this but if your work is so great they can't deny you mm -hmm. that's what you should just, be focused just focus on. on your job doing the best job you could the best job yeah. because honestly like if your work is that good it's undeniable. It'll shine through. Even though your style may be different, right? Your accent may be different. You might have darker color skin. You might dress differently. Your interests might be completely different. Like you can't be stopped at the fact that, oh, I might not fit in. Because that again is us marginalizing ourselves. Yeah. And if a, if a recruiter does that, that's them making a dumb move. You don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be there. If the recruiter rejects you for culture fit because of 
the, whatever ism they're experiencing. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be there, right? But you, you definitely don't want to let that one experience stop you from finding a place where you can add value. Because I yeah. think that's what we do sometimes. We shoot ourselves in the foot by taking this one experience and making it our worldview. That's right? what happens a lot with my work with job seekers is, oh, I could tell they're snickering or I didn't feel right. And then they're super discouraged. But I'm like, that's just one experience. You got to keep going. You got to still keep being persistent. It wasn't a good fit for you. You didn't want them. It's not that they didn't want you. It's, you know what? You didn't want them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at some point, having the confidence of asking um, directly, why is it that I was rejected? Although a lot of recruiters will mask and they will lie. They'll give you these like, oh, I don't know. We, we filled the position, right? If you have a hunch that it is anything to do with racism, sexism, homophobia, whatever it may be, maybe just asking, hey, there's a clear misunderstanding. Never here. hurts to ask, yeah. Never hurts to ask, especially if you feel like you're going to get rejected or if you feel like they're purposely doing something to you where you don't want to be, uh, be there. And I think social consciousness is something that's really high right now in the tech industry, especially in the job search. Yeah. How about, how about this? Ageism. A lot of older folks tell me I can't work in tech because it's a young man's, it's a young man's competition, young man's game. Uh, I'll be very brutally honest. Right now, tech is young, white, and male, right? But if you're at the, at the onset, right, like meaning at the beginning of your job search, operating from these constructs as not as tools to operate, to navigate, right? Not as things to protect yourself from, but as realities, then you're not going to make the effort. Right. So when I was working mm -hmm. at Alcohol, mm -hmm. working with job seekers, we had tons of older job seekers that would not apply to companies because they thought they weren't going to get in. They didn't even take, they didn't even shoot the ball. Didn't even shoot the ball. You, you can't do that to yourself because that's actually them winning again. They're perpetuating. We're, we're participating in what we want to see or what they want to see happen. Right. So we have to be able to hold on to that fear and that anxiety and that actual reality. Damn, that was deep, man. I like that. <laughs> By yeah, you not applying, you're, you're, you're feeding the monster. You're feeding the monster, right? Yeah. The only way to actually stop it is by continuing to try and get in, right? And then the biggest thing is if you really have a fear and anxiety about belonging, inclusion, diversity, whatever it may be, find someone at the company that looks like you and has your experience and have those conversations with them. Because if they got in, you can get in. So that's the same thing as searching for a recruiter. If you're looking to get into LinkedIn, find a recruiter. If you're worried about inclusion, find a person that has the same nationality, background, race, creed, sexual orientation, whatever outlook on the world yeah. as you in that company. Yeah, right? yeah. It's possible. And I mean, every company is being starting becoming to be, they're being pushed to be candid on their statistics. So if you tell me you want to get into LinkedIn right now, less than 10% are black and brown employees, but there's 10% black and brown employees there. That you could find, yeah. Find them, yeah. right? Instead of like, speculating or being in your head about, oh, I, I can't do it or I shouldn't do it or I wouldn't do it or I couldn't do it. Find the person that did it and copy their, their method. Learn from them, right? I think, think of it as a big research project. And I understand it's hard to do, hard to detach from your own life and feeling stigmatized and marginalized, but that's what you need to do, yeah. right? Yeah, there's no doubt that it might, it's, it'll be probably harder, but you could still do it. Yeah. You can still do it. It is going to be harder. It's not easy. Yeah. Right. That's just the reality of it. Right? Yeah. Hey, man, this was a good talk. Uh, we got deep into some other shit, but this is some real shit that people are asking me about, some students and 
And I, I work at City College, like it's super diverse. We got older adults, international students. So it's like, this is real stuff that I wanted to bring up. And, and I think you're like one of the perfect guys to talk to about this. So I'm going to wrap it up. And listeners, check out Joshua Encarnacion's stuff. He's on Twitter too. He has a TED Talk. I definitely say check that out as well. I'll put any other information that he wants to share with you guys on my descriptions and show notes. But I appreciate your time, man. Always, always. I'm going to be here. Definitely make sure this is a genuine relationship. You reach out at any point. Yeah, definitely. This is It's a human connection. We're friends now. Real. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate your time. All right, listeners, take care. Hey, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, definitely leave a comment. Let me know what you thought. If we should have talked more about strategies on job searching, or if you did like talking about things like self-awareness or even culture and biases in freaking recruiting. Let me know what you think. Your comments is fuel to me. My next uh, episode will be the regulars episode two with past guests IDK Jr. and Tony Hannity's. We're gonna be giving updates on how our projects are doing. That's gonna be on Monday. And I'll be putting out a vlog later this week and you can see behind the scenes and all that stuff. So check out the vlog. I'll put that out on YouTube. And you can follow me on any of my other socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all my podcast platforms. But later this week, I'm actually gonna start putting content out on my LinkedIn so you can find me there as well. All right, guys, hope you found value out of this and take care.